Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. How's everybody? Okay. Oh, pizza. Um, yeah, good to get a get a win uh, on the road in Arizona. Hard place to hard place to win uh, both those schools. And um, you know, like I said, after the game, was pleased on how our defense started so fast. Really did a great job containing two really really good players and Khalil Tate and. J.J. Taylor, forcing some turnovers, all those type of things. That was extremely impressive. And uh, special teams was solid. Peyton, Peyton Henry again, you know, doing a really good job. And I think we're making strides and progressing each week in that. And then, uh, you know, second half, finally got a little something going on offense. And, uh, you know, hit a couple explosive plays and get a little momentum and rhythm going, and that can change some things. So, um, you know, as always, we've got a bunch of things that we're working on and, you know, better get them tightened up here pretty quickly. How's that, the PC? MJ is doing well. He came home with us after the game. And, um, yeah, he, he's doing well. So he got, a, he got obviously a significant stinger. And, um, you know, our doctors and trainers are so awesome in terms of how quickly they respond, how careful they are with all those type of things. And, uh, you know, got him checked out over there in Arizona at the hospital and felt good enough to take him home and got him checked out again here yesterday. And, you know, he was with us yesterday in the team meetings and all those type of things. So um, that stuff is, is always scary. So what's that like for you to go to Mr. Coach when you're... Well, it's scary. You know, it's, it really is. I mean, anytime you see a guy go down and... Um, you know, when the trainers react like that and doctors, which is the appropriate way to react, you know, they're very in tune to how guys fall and land and what it's looking like. You know, they were out there before I even knew, you know, anything. Um, and so it's unsettling to everybody. Um, but, you know, you can kind of see how he was reacting, you know, a little bit once he kind of calmed down. I think he was unsettled himself, like what was going on. And, um, by the time they got him out the field, I mean, you never know about any of those things, but you felt, you know, better. He was moving and all those type of things. So, but all that stuff is scary. There was no, no concussion or anything? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Did you ever report losing any feeling? And- you know, I think there was, you know, I think there was, um, you know, like I said, I, mean, I think he was kind of disoriented on what happened. It was a really, I mean, when you watch the hit, though, we've looked at it a bunch. I mean, it was a shoulder. It was a shoulder tackle. I mean, it really was, just like you wanted. And um, now whether his head got him, but sometimes that's hard to see. You know, sometimes those, but there's no no concussion. And, um, you know, at, at this point at least. Um, and so, um, you know, I think we're 
trended in the right direction. Chris, in your experience in the past, based on players that have had similar injuries, what do you, what's the typical time frame? That's a good question. Um, you know, a lot of times when it's like those type of injuries, it's been more of kind of head-related in my in my experience, you know, it's been like a concussion. The guy's like knocked out for a little bit or something like that. And so that's the concussion protocol and you set them down for, you know, whatever, a couple of weeks to make sure everything's really good. But um, but it's not necessarily that. So I don't, I don't really have much experience on, on this one here. But I know we'll be really, really cautious like we always are. I mean, that's the awesome thing about where we are with this game. I mean, everybody's on top of this stuff, and there's no messing around with, you know, head, neck injuries. Um, everybody's going to err on the side of caution, which is exactly what it should be. And there's certain protocols they take these guys through in terms of headaches or, you know, strength coming back, feeling all those things. So we'll, we'll make good and sure that he's darn ready to come back whenever that is. In the time, you know, considering you have a bye week after this, is it almost like? Mm-hmm. Let's just shut you down, and, you know, we, we've got time here. We can. Yeah, I mean, we, I wouldn't even think like that. I wouldn't even think, um, you know, bye week. And, I mean, we'll just, if we had no buys, you know, that wouldn't factor into this. We would just make sure we're going to do right by this whole thing, you know, and always err it on the side of caution. Yeah. So there's stories, I guess, about some speech that he's going to be able to walk around at halftime or somebody spoke up and. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Yeah. What 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 was the difference from what you saw in the first half? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, it's a great question. I mean, we got into a rhythm. We stayed on the field, hit a couple explosives. You know, I mean, it wasn't like we went in there and like, okay, revamp. I mean, we had the same type of stuff on the game plan, and um, we're able to make a couple plays. And it was great to get Pook in there and kind of sparked us and. Um, you know, we just we really got no momentum going. I mean, we kind of talked about this after the game. The red zone was 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 more frustrating than anything. We get huge momentum plays to get the ball, and then we don't do anything there. And that was, you know, that's that's almost we were going backwards, kind of deflating in terms of, you know, even kicking the field goal. You're not wanting to do that, and so that was, you know, really. I think that I think that rattled everybody, the guys, and. Um, and so that's kind of how, you know, how the first half went. We were just kind of no rhythm whatsoever. Um, you know, we just didn't get anything going. Didn't stay on the field, didn't convert third downs, you know, those type of things. And then the second half got a little better. Just as a kind of a game manager coaching thing, when they went and scored, they were down 24 and they scored, were you a little surprised they didn't try to go for two? Um, oh, what, what was the was in the game then at that point? They went 24 to, what, what do we have, 17? Yeah. And it was just, it felt like, okay, you have three scores if you go for it, you know, two yeah. scores. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, yeah. They went and came the, the extra point. Yeah. Kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that did come up. Like, we're sometimes making sure we're ready to play two point defense if we need to. Um, so that came up a little bit, but then we saw them run the, you know, the PAT team out there. That was that. Would you? Would you? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I think everybody's got to feel their time, their their team, what their situation is. You know, I mean, we're we're always trying to, especially when the, we kind of got a weird when we got the six points off field goals. Then all of a sudden things kind of get off a little bit. So you're always kind of go, okay, if we score here, if we kick another field, you know, what 
when's the two-point thing and come into effect. And then there's always, do you want to mess with in the first half? Do you want to mess with in the second half? So we're, we're kind of always um, paying attention to that. What, what happened with Jackson Kirkland in that game? What kind of his status? Yeah. Um, he, um, early on, kind of got kind of rolled up a little bit. And so, um, you know, we're still figuring him out a little bit. Um, it's not anything long term, and we'll see how he looks tomorrow. How do you think Brandon Bottle played? I thought uh, once he got settled in, um, you know, that, that guy can play. I mean, there's no question about it. Um, he's been getting a lot of reps in practice, and then you get out in the game, it's a little bit different, a little bit loud, a little bit noisy, um, a little bit. Money on the line, third and one, those type of things, and certain things show up. So I think it's good for him to, to go through basically that whole game and get game reps. What, you kind of mentioned Puka there, kind of what he brought to the table. What? Yeah, Puka, you know, I think one of the things I enjoy most about Puka is really the energy that he brings. You know, I mean, you see it making plays, and that's off, awesome. But he's a, he's a really great energy guy. He's a great energy guy. He's been here since he's you know, since he's been here, he's like really good in the locker room, and you know, for a freshman to like feel him like we do is is great. And so now it's awesome that we're getting more involved, and he's making plays. I mean, he 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 was a guy that sparked so much of it. Chris, how did uh, Melee do starting his hometown? Yeah, I thought he did a nice job. You know, I mean that that center position is obviously in the O line; they're all important. But I think you know that center position makes a lot of a lot of calls going on, a lot of different things, a lot of snap count things, a lot of adjustments, almost every play, whether it's run or pass, and it kind of all gets driven, a lot of it through the center. And, um, you know, I thought he was very solid. What do you guys like about Ariel Lagata, the, the inside? Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's really a, a guy that can run. You know, he's an explosive type player. We've kind of always been – trying to figure out where the best position is for him, you know, whether it's off the edge or inside. And, you know, his whole career he's played more off the edge. So we've kind of leaned on him there and played him inside. Uh, spring ball, all those type of things. come, But then you start to water a guy down. And so I think the coaches just kind of felt like they wanted to get a little more speed on the field, and, and he showed up. How important is speed at that mm. position in particular in your guys' defense? I mean, I don't know if there's a position that's not, like, speed of paramount important. I mean, I really don't in this day and age in football. Maybe the nose guard. He's got to be fast from, you know, A gap to B gap. But the rest of the guys just have to run. And I think sometimes you think about the linebackers, you know, they got to be stout. And they do. But so much is the lateral game and vertical game and passing and all those type of things that, you know, he's he's got good physical ability when it comes to those things. When you, when you bring it back to tape, what do you think allowed you guys to get so much pressure with just base bonds, three minutes? Yeah, runs? yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of times guys are just kind of winning their one-on-one blocks. I think that's what it comes down to. You know, the guys, sometimes the guys get doubled, and those are always going to be hard to win. But a lot of times when you're getting pressure like that, it's going to be the guys that are getting singled up make plays one-on-one and get off blocks. And I think that's – that's what was happening. And and the nice thing to kind of go along with that was is guys that were getting pressure. You know, Khalil Tate is so – that's 
I mean, that's part of his game. Not part of the game. A lot of his game is not so much just the quarterback run in terms of the run game. It's it's the pass game where he's running around finding guys. So I think our coverage is really good. Guys staying on guys. And I mean, a lot of times those, you know, Tryon and Ryan Bowman and all those guys were running sideline to sideline to make sure you get rid of that ball. Sounds like Coach Sullivan said post game that you guys did some things with your safety pressures. Um, I don't know with Miles that, that maybe that you guys had to put on tape before was there some exotic things that you guys tried to do? Yeah, I don't know about exotic, but there's going to always be little, you know, little wrinkles that we get going, and you get this deep into the season. Um, you can see certain things, and if there's tendencies or anything like that, you try to try to bring something to the table without without messing your guys up. You know, that's always my line. When you watched it on the film, how did you feel about the way Asa played his first time? You know, like I said after the game, um, I thought Asa played real well. But what I'm saying after the game is, you know, every time Asa had been in the game, kind of starting with the BYU game, even though it was kind of end of the game and, you know, not super pressurized situation. He goes out and picks the ball off, and then the next game he gets in for you know a handful of reps in mean, in more meaningful time and did a nice job. And so he is slowly just like you know he's one of those guys like it's so awesome to see like you see him practice well and then you put him in the game and it translates and it doesn't always translate but it really has been for him. And so I think it was awesome to get him in there a bunch and you know I think he's gonna you know I think the confidence will. Jacob's obviously having cool. a good season. Is there any aspect of his game, whether it's game management or technique and throwing or leadership or anything like that that you'd like to see him uptake? Well, um, yes, all those things. You know, I mean, I do. I think all that, he's, you know, he's doing a, good, a nice job. Um, but like he said afterwards, you know, he, he's, he's more on the reserve side. And you know, when that ball's in your hand, you know, naturally a lot of guys are going to be looking to you and your voice. And the number one way is, you know, is to lead, is to lead through example, you know, and play good and do your job, which he's been doing. But it's also nice when he starts kind of speaking out a little bit and bringing something to the table there. And and then the game management, you know, is always something um, because we're always changing certain things. And and I do think he's an accurate thrower. I mean, he showed that. But – there's going to always be a quarterback that's got a few throws. It's like, wish that was a little more so accurate. T- taking initiative to talk to the team at halftime, that was a good sign. I think that's always a good sign, yeah. With, again, in your history with, with your quarterbacks, have you ever seen kind of a, not so much an instant moment that kind of transforms what they do in their leadership capability, yeah. but have you seen a guy literally kind of come out of his shell and the next thing you know he's talking more and more and more? Yeah, I think it's a slow process. You know, I mean, I think the one thing about that is there's a bunch of different type of leaders, right? You got to be, you got to be who you are. You're not going to all of a sudden stand on the, you know, on the locker room stool and give a fire and brimstone talk. I mean, that's just, that's not going to happen uh, for a lot of our guys. But that's okay, you know. But it's really, it is getting out of your shell a little bit and, you know, helping others. I mean, that's what the leadership thing's about is, you know, serving your your program, your teammates, and. So I always think about that. I always think that's such a weird question. You know, I always get that. It's like, you know, so-and-so is playing well. It's like, that guy's really becoming a leader. And I always think, like, what? What are you talking about? Are you in the locker room? Are you in, 
you know, you on campus and you seeing what he's doing there? Because that's to me what the leadership thinks about. I mean, we got performance and then we got the leadership type of things. And it's nice when a guy's performing at a high level, doing his job, because then a lot of guys are going to pay attention to him. But to me, you know, there's some, they're a little bit mutually exclusive. And a guy gets more credibility when he's performing at a high level, more ears are going to pay attention to him. But I think they're different things. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What makes their defense so difficult to throw on? Yeah. Um, starts with good players. You know, they got some guys back there that have played for now a couple, couple two, three years. I think Andy's doing a great job. Um, you know, known Andy for a long time, and he's an awesome coach. He's got those guys very dialed. I think they're, um, you know, so it starts there, and then their pass rush. You know, they're, they're really – they're a physical group. You know, they just work. Like, they're a rugged group. You know, even if you're blocking them, they just – they keep working. And and they got some guys that, you know, have a lot of skill. So it kind of all fits together. I mean, you got to have it hand-in-hand. Hand. If you're going to have good pass coverage, they can't hold the ball forever. And you can't hold the ball on these guys. Yeah, you know, I think it's – I think it's good. They're, they're definitely different type backs. Um, I thought Sean McGrew ran ran well again. You know, I thought Savon was, you know, solid as well. But, you know, there was one play, it was like, uh, I think it was like third and, I don't know, three or four. And we had an assignment error, and there's two guys that hit Sean at the line of scrimmage, and he somehow split them and fell forward. Like, to me, that might have been the most impressive run that I've seen the guy run in a long time. It was awesome. But, like we've been saying all along, things got good vision. He's slippery through there, and um, I think he's he's playing at a, a nice level for us. Let's go back to Coach Apples. Did you ever try to tempt him to come to come to Washington? Well, I think all the guys when we came over here, you know, um, um, Scott Huff, the same way. I mean, those are those have always been you know my guys, and um, and so then you know it's always about what's best for them. And so sometimes when guys move or guys stay, they get more responsibility, you know, one place or another. And so, um, you know, when he stayed, he was going to get a lot more responsibility staying there. And so, you know, that's why he did. But he's a a good coach. How would you describe his style and and has it evolved now at Oregon? Well, um, you know, I haven't been with him for a while, day-to-day operations, but it's just, you know, he's always a guy that, He's just a, he's a great guy. I mean, he's always just fit into the staff wonderfully, so everybody likes him. Um, and he's, you know, he's smart. You know, I think he's one of those guys that's always on this state of constant improvement and figuring out how to do a little bit better, but staying true to your roots and what you believe in fundamentally and philosophically and all those things. And, I mean, those guys play at a high level. There's not assignment errors going on out there. I mean, you, you, you're not going to get anything easy on them. They got good players, and they're not going to—they're not going to bust anything. How much do you notice the rivalry aspect? Um, you, you know, I mean, 
when I first got here, that was always the, you know, that was always the question, you know. And I think everywhere you go, it's always like there's that question about it. And so it's like, really? So you're good if we don't pay attention to Stanford, and you're good if we don't pay attention to what, you know. I just don't think like that, you know. It's just to me, it's like, okay, Arizona's the most important thing in our lives last week, and now we're on to this. And that's just how you you operate. And, you know, the rivalry things are great for fans and all those type of things. And, um, you know, I think rivalries, you know, get going when when teams, you know, have good games against each other and it's back and forth. And, you know, certainly we've had some good games here in the last handful of years. How much has our offense changed over the past couple of years going from Alfred to Arroyo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's much. Yeah, this is this is the pistol offense, so it's much much different, you know, and uh, and so that's a different. I mean, this is that's a different, you know, different scheme, and um, and they put their own version on it from you know when Coach All was running it in Nevada and all those things, um, but Jim Astro was there with you know Chris Alt and those two guys were, you know, at the at the very the very start of that whole thing. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, we remember when it came out, and we are I mean, when it first happened, you know, everybody's like, huh, what is this? And, and then we experienced it for four years with Colin Kaepernick, and that's when he was running for a bazillion yards and throwing for a bazillion yards. And so that was, you know, we saw it from the ground up and how it evolved and all those things. And so, you know, fast forward, they have their unique spin on it, but it's a power run game, and I think that's what's, you know, any type of like spread team, I think first and foremost, they always ninety nine percent of them you don't want to be a run a run team like run the ball and you know that's how it was when Chip was there and Mike Blotty you know back when wasn't the pistol but the spread I mean they were just running the heck out of the ball and once you can do that throwing the ball is a lot easier and so they have their style of running the ball it's a you know run first team and they got a great quarterback back there to complement it. Guy like Asa getting better, he gets more confident. How do you manage the other side of that when Cam Williams starts to go for six games? Yep. And that's, you know, that's not hard. That's hard on on, um, anyone. But Cam will be in the mix. He's going to be a really good player for us. There's no doubt. You you know, he don't play as much as he played, much good football. I think that whole game just kind of went like we were not planning on playing him only a couple plays. It's just kind of how the game went. But he's been awesome. Um, he's been working. And, you know, he will be in the mix and he'll be a factor for us. Where's Ty Jones at at this point? Yep. Um, you know, we're getting to that kind of point in the season where you're kind of trying to figure out how, how you want to, you know, what you want to do with him, how you want to play him, those type of things. You know, whether it's the last or the last of the games or you pick and choose your games and then how he factors in because he really has not been factored in at all. And um, so, yeah, we're kind of in that figuring out process. Is his hand at the point where he could go and play in a game right now or are you still waiting for recovery? No, he can play. He can play. Um, yeah, he's been practicing full speed for a couple weeks. Does he want to register? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you get so far into the situation. And I think, you know, players always think a little bit different than coaches. 
and you know we're always in this together but you know it's just you, you never know what's going to happen down the road too when guys oh I want a red shirt well okay then what happens if something happens the next year you know then all of a sudden you could be in the same situation where you can't you know you can't red shirt you know there, there's red shirt rules medical rules to get games back and all that and a lot of times they don't understand that stuff so but you know you miss a bunch of significant games I think guys are thinking well hey maybe it's best and we think that same way too but you can kind of get into the gray area with him a little bit, what to do with him. How, how does the four games kind of add to the complications of figuring out? Yeah. Well, I think first and foremost, it's, you know, I think all coaches like this uh, four game. I'm still one of them that wants no redshirting rules, you know. But, um, you know, I think it, it gives guys hope and at all positions. And the depth thing is you get into the season, you get injuries. You know, you got to elevate a guy off the practice squad, so to speak, um, that hasn't um, been playing. So, I mean, I think it's it's a good thing all the way around. It's good for the players to kind of motivation. Now, it is hard for a guy that has not been taking really meaningful reps, whether it's, you know, a freshman that you're going to play, and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, here we go, we got this. It's a lot different. I mean, there's a lot of learning and growth and improvement goes on when a guy is actually in the mix somewhat, traveling with you, getting those type, as opposed to he's on the scout team and now we're going to elevate him up. I mean, it looks way, way different. Is that dynamic also, is that maybe increased pressure on coaches to feel like maybe they need to play a player for a couple games just to keep them, like you said, keep them motivated and keep them involved? Yeah, I don't know if there's I, – I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think we feel the pressure of that. I think we're always just trying to do the right thing by the guys. You know, if they're going to be – if they can play and be a significant factor, then you want to play them. But what I think a lot of times happens is early in the season, you know, there's a few freshmen that like right from the start are like major contributors. And part of that has to do with maybe depth – well, it does have to do with depth and the skill, knowledge level of a guy that he comes in with. And those guys are those guys are impressive and rare. But then a lot of the other guys, you kind of just build and grow as the season goes on. So they might not be getting a lot, like, in the game. It doesn't look like. But there is a lot of growth going on behind the scenes. And, you know, I think you can see some of that with Puka a little bit. You know? just announced that Breland's out for the year. Down yeah. What do you see from that's a bummer. Well, I think the one thing about Oregon that jumps out is is their depth. Like you really see that on defense that they'll play some different guys, and I think in a lot of places there's a drop off when more guys are rotating in, and you don't you don't feel that. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons that these guys are. Um, I think they've stayed relatively healthy maybe till this last game. You see kind of their same guys. And I think when you play a bunch of guys, that takes less reps on. They can do that. Um, but Breland's a heck of a player. You know, he really was. He's played for him for a while and all those things. So anytime you lose a player like that, you know, you feel bad for the, for the kid. 